0: Mama says that alligators are honorary because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. I
1: am oh, oh. man. And
0: I do believe I want candy. Oh. I'm funny how to be funny like a Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Out here in the fields, I fight for my meals. Hello and welcome to Little Marty, (laughs) (laughs) the only podcast that I'm aware of dedicated to covering the discography of The Who and the films of Adam Sandler and Martin (laughs) Scorsese. My name is Eric uh, Townsend. (laughs) <laughs> ah, and uh and
1: my name is um Jeremy uh Moon. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> that Keith sounds Moon? Right. Keith Moon? He's the drummer.
0: Uh, well, wait, Keith Moon is uh, the Rolling Stones. Damn it. Yeah. Well, <laughs>
1: uh, how about uh, it's Townsend and uh who's the singer? Is that
0: is Townsend? Is Roger Daltrey?
1: Daltrey. Okay, I'll be Jeremy Daltrey.
0: Jeremy Daltrey. Yeah. Perfect. Mm
1: -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Smooth. That was a really smooth opening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You know, I've been listening. I've been getting into The Who a little bit recently, Jeremy, outside of this film. I have Mm. been... uh, There's the one album called uh, The Who by Numbers that I listened to a little bit when I was like 20. Mm. And then I've heard some of the hits. But I've been like going through and listening to some of their albums. I got to say, the Who kind of rocks. Yeah. But there's like some, t- some of their songs, admittedly, will still rock. But I will, I will, I they they get into like a weird uh, like musical, like theatrical vibe. Yeah. They sometimes. have their they
1: have their well, Tommy is a very famous musical uh, that yeah. was done by the Who in collaboration with Elton John. Elton John is a very similar musical act to The Who, I feel like, in a lot of ways. Very uh, flamboyant and and celebratory and loud and um, definitely, like, an interesting era of rock and roll. The Who, optically, always kind of reminded me of, like, a Led Zeppelin. I think it's because Daltrey and Robert Plant always kind of look similar to me. Um, Uh. Musically, I think they're way different. Um, But, I mean, maybe not way different, but... There are, there are definitely um, a lot of great uh, Who stuff out there, though that I that I that I appreciate, um, and that's about my where my appreciation for this movie ends. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 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 oh, no, no, man. I mean, look. Okay, this is the this is I think we're at this is the punt one of the pun- big punchlines of Sandler's career, right? <clears throat>
0: In rain. terms of like,
1: of like, at least w- it's not as bad as Rain Over Me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah.
0: I forgot that like this movie t- has to do with nine eleven kind <laughs> <Yeah>. of. <laughs> and I never, I've never watched this movie, yeah. and uh, I think like maybe for that reason because it just it always seemed like a bummer to me, sort yeah. of to watch this movie. Right. Um. I don't know. I will say I didn't have, I didn't like. I didn't hate this movie mm-hmm. uh, necessarily, um, but yeah, I definitely going into this movie. I was like, Hmm, I, I remember hearing about this movie. Why did I never see this? Oh, right. Okay. That's why. Right. Uh, yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, Jeremy, I have seen this movie. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen it before I saw it for this. Saw it in theaters actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, you go to one of those every month. You go to that midnight rain over me showing, where right?
1: They, where we all throw um, <coughs> little paper airplanes at the screen and stuff. Yeah, and you and come
0: they, dressed as dentists.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh,
0: have you ever been to one of those, like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, or uh, I've been to, to the, the
1: Room. room. Um, screenings of the film, the you, you know, The Room. Yes. Yeah, I've been to a bu- I've been to a couple of those where they throw spoons at the screen and stuff, and like it's really crazy, and people have a good time, and you know they quote the movie, and everyone's supposed to drink whenever there's certain lines, and there's like I, I like them, man. They're fun. They're like there's like rules to them. Have you ever been to one of those?
0: No, I had a former coworker that would like constantly ask me to go. <laughs>
1: To, oh, to the to same, to like, did to, he go to different ones or was it always no, like Rocky No, to go
0: to the, specifically to go to a room midnight showing. I feel yeah. like every weekend or something there was one in LA because right. she was like always asking me to go. And I, uh, I would have gone if they weren't at midnight. You know what I mean? Sure. Like that's just, it's too late for this guy.
1: Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't really know. It, it's like. I, uh, it was fun to go once, I, but people do have a tendency to make a habit out of going. You know, like there's like a culture to it of like you know the, they'll go like every week. <laughs> 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 it's a little, uh, you know, it's what it is. I think it's cool that people find community in uh, all kinds of places, right? But like, right. not, um, not me. I I won't be there. <laughs>
0: You know what movie I would go see every week, Jeremy, is a little movie called Raising Arizona, which we just talked (laughs) about on our, uh, I'm going to say our Stepsister podcast.
1: Ah, I like that, yes.
0: uh, Which is, I guess has the same name because we didn't give it another name, but uh, it's on the Coen brothers. Did you know we're doing this, Jeremy? We're doing an entire separate podcast series specifically on the Coen brothers' movies.
1: I've heard of this, um, but tell me more.
0: Well, I didn't know that we were doing this either until I accidentally misspelled Google when I was going on the internet. And uh, I accidentally typed in patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. <laughs> it was a huge flub on my part.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know what, Jeremy? I got to this website. I paid $5, and I immediately had access to years... And years of bonus content. Two guy, two hilarious guys talking about movies, talking about TV shows, talking about life. Jeremy, life. Yeah, that's uh, true. And I got it all for five dollars. And you know what? I could have even spent a little bit more to give to make them do an episode on any movie, but I didn't because, well, I'm a shoe shiner. Jeremy <laughs> can't be spending that much money.
1: No, this is your one $5 uh, uh, a month that you get to spend on yourself. Yeah, and I, I think don't that's get a lunch good investment. For, yeah. For the
0: rest of the week. <laughs>
1: right. No, you have to go, uh, you do breakfast, brunch, and dinner. No <laughs> lunch. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: And
0: yeah. the it's fourth a, meal. It's
1: a probably. good time over there. I, I really enjoy the kind of work that they're doing over at Patriot.com slash Eric and Jeremy. It's a lot of stuff that I would consider. You know, kind of radical podcasting
0: over there. Sure. They're they're
1: covering things that no other podcasters dared to cover, you know?
0: Yeah, they're really, uh, they're doing a good job over there. So that's patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. Go on over there and um, tell them we sent you. So Jeremy, you already mentioned that you saw rain over me. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, tell me a little bit more about that ex- that first experience.
1: I saw it in theaters. I, I must have been either on a date or with a friend. This would have been sort of in my heyday of like going to the movies to see everything that came out. Um, and I think that I was excited about this movie, to be fair. I think that I like uh, something about, maybe it was off of the heels of Punch Drunk Love, which I had just maybe discovered at the time. Andler, uh, sorry, Sandler doing like a more serious thing. Um. Yeah, I love Don Cheadle. Yeah, I. I'm trying to remember. It's been a minute, but I. And I remember when I saw this in theaters. Um. Not uh disliking it, like thinking it was fine, or like thinking it was good. Even maybe like I. I my I I I have a vague recollection of having positive feelings leaving this uh movie, uh for sure. Um, and uh, later on in college, uh, this movie will get brought up again um, with my friends talking about uh, the video game Shadow of the Colossus, which is featured very heavily in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Shadow oh, that's of the Colossus. a Col- real game. It's a real game, and it's a real, real good game. That's another. That's another kind of part of the story here with Rain Over Me is that Shadow of the Colossus is like. an exceptionally well-crafted artistic expression of a video game and um rain over me at the time i remember even our conversations about it being that like that was a good use of that video game in that movie uh and this would be even years later in like 2009 10 something like that um and then sometime around 2000 like the mid-teens 20-teens the this movie started kind of coming back up as a punchline and I uh, didn't revisit it, but like suddenly my memories had like shifted of it where I started to kind of almost like Vietnam flashbacks of rain over me started to realize just how goofy and like kind of stupid the movies, (laughs) not like stupid, but like how heavy handed the film's premise is and just like, how kind of manipulative in almost like a a satirical sense of just like, wow, that movie really went for something, you know? Um, it's, it's, It's a strange vibe because I think the film... Like, I think Sandler is good in this movie, actually. Like, I think he's actually, like, doing... He's a good actor, you know, and Don Cheadle's great, and a lot of the actors are good in it. I think the direction and the writing is pretty clumsy, and I think its handling of 9-11 is particularly strange, and I think comparing yeah. it to, like, a video game or is actually not that good of a choice, <laughs> looking back. Um, there's a lot to dislike about Rain Over Me, and going back to it this time, it's actually just not a good movie, I think, at the end of the day. It's just not, not very well done, and and uh uh, but i still think sandler is pretty good and i will say that that scene that particular scene where he tells the story of what happened uh, you know (laughs) it's pretty emotional right yeah i think so (laughs) yeah yeah um I don't know. Uh, not to give all the way of how I feel about this movie too early, but like, uh, Eric, you know, you are seeing this for the first time. What's going through your mind when you're watching Rain Over Me,
0: Jeremy? I'm watching Rain Over Me, and I actually, <laughs> I don't know. I like a, I like a, a drama, you right? Know? I like a good drama. Of course, I don't mind it. Um, I like seeing. I was kind of at this point. I was kind of ready for like a, a more dramatic Sandler performance, so I was into that. Um I don't know, I guess like as the hmm. <laughs> Uh-huh. For I can't really describe it, but for some reason, like halfway through the movie, I was kind of invested in these characters, specifically Charlie Feynman, Sandler's character. Right. And at a certain point, uh, I just kind of stopped like caring. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I just, it just like completely lost me. And I think it was just like a series of events more so than like one specific moment. Um, Maybe as we go through the plot, I'll be able to speak to that a little bit more, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I had never seen this movie before. And uh, like I mentioned, and uh, yeah, I don't know. So this is uh, Mike Binder, who, I recognize his name, but I'm looking through his IMDb, and I'm like, "How the hell do I know this guy?" A little I
1: um context for Mike Binder, if you uh l- if you were to read his Wikipedia, anyway, is that he's um a uh he's a stand-up comedian. He comes from oh. the world of stand-up comedy, so a lot of the films he's made are either about stand-up or they are about. Uh, or they fe- have feature main some of the main cast being stand-up comedians um uh Blank Man is a movie he directed that's a very famous Damon Waynes movie um the upside of anger is a movie i've never seen but definitely like uh have uh <laughs> i know that the cover of that dvd so well um yeah There's, there's, you know, he, he's not, it's weird. He's like, uh, he's got a, a career of full of movies that are are not the most, I don't know. What's the word? Like he doesn't, he, he hasn't made a lot of great stuff. Let's put it that way. Like he's done some television, Ray Donovan, Billions, Nashville. He directed a Bill Burke comedy special. It's like, he's really tried to make what look on the surface like they would be really good dramas or dramedies but then when you watch them there's just something i have always felt a little lacking um to to put it kindly you know
0: so uh jeremy we get a character in this movie that i uh, a face that i have not seen in a while mike you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, Breaking Mike. Bad. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely Jonathan well, Banks.
1: Are you not watching? Um, uh, Better Call Saul.
0: Nah, I never got into it.
1: Oh man, yeah, he's uh heavily featured in that. So if you're if you're ever itching for some Jonathan Banks, and I I am from time to time, turn on that, turn yeah. on that show. Oh yeah,
0: you're just like you get physically itchy, and you I, have yep, to watch.
1: it. Uh huh. And the only cream <laughs> that is uh. <laughs> Uh, that I can put on that on that itch is a little uh, cream I like to call Banks Cream.
0: BC, brother. Mm-hmm. You know BC I cream. stumbled upon um, on the side of IMDb they like show these lists that that are just done by like people, random weirdos who have IMDb accounts like you, mm-hmm. and they uh, <laughs> one of these is called Adam Sandler ranked. Okay. Mm. So this is the this is a ranking of all of the Sandler films from some random person on IMDB. Their name is IMD Bowley. Get a load of this. I'll do I'll do the top this is the top eight going down to one. Airheads, Uncut Gems, Billy Madison, Big Daddy, Happy Gilmore, The Wedding Singer. Fifty First Dates? And then click as the number one <laughs>
1: <laughs> that rocks. <laughs> I love that that list is like upside down
0: <laughs> it's super upside down that's funny anyway what a
1: uh, um, what a, what a, what a what a nut what a nut who put that together
0: Sandy Wexler is at the very bottom so I don't know if that if that means that it's good or bad.
1: I like Sandy Wexler, a little spoiler okay. alert for that for that uh Netflix original comedy movie. I, I actually think that's one of Sandler's better ones in recent years. I like his character in that.
0: <laughs> well, like you said, we got uh Don we got Don Cheeto. Yep. <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh haven't seen her around in a while. Right, uh, yeah. Li- Who's that? Liv I had to Tyler. remind him.
1: I had to Google who that was. <laughs> And boy, did uh, I get a did I get an eyeful.
0: So, let's see here if Liv Tyler, anything. yeah, yeah. We also yes, have um
1: Mike Binder himself is in the film as a friend of um Adam Sandler's. Robert Klein is in it. He's a, another comedian. BJ Novak has a role in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Right. Um Oh uh, there Sam Raimi's no <laughs> brother
1: Ted Raimi's in the the film.
0: Okay. Hey, uh, there's another uh you know connection. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey,
1: in, in Wikipedia there's a uh, there's a critical consensus they 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 have here uh, based on a Rotten Tomatoes score that actually isn't that bad for this movie. 64%, not that bad. Uh, Rain Over Me is a charming, affecting tale of friendship and loss with solid performances from Adam Sandler as a broken, grief-stricken man and Don Cheadle as his old friend and savior. Um, oh, that's not what I wanted to read. Um, what, what? I just had this. Oh, here we go. Uh, I like this, this, this kind of like rundown of it. Um, uh, a strange black and blue therapeutic drama equally uh, multi uh, or, or modeled with likable good intentions and agitating clumsiness. That's it. That's almost exactly how I feel about it. Like it's uh, yeah. the New York Times said it was maddeningly uneven. I think that's right. I think there is some good intentions here. I think there's some charm to it, but I do think it's like really clumsy. And I do think it's pretty uneven um, as as a film. Yeah,
0: clumsy is a good word. Yeah. To use. Yeah, so the trivia is incredibly boring for this movie. So what do you <laughs> say we talk about the plot? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, when the Twin Towers went down in 2001, Charlie Feynman <laughs> lost everything. <laughs> I'm sorry, can you repeat I that? What happened in 2001? <laughs> I cannot believe that that's how this Wikipedia plot starts. <laughs> Here's, if you listen to this podcast, you know that uh, so there's kind of like two versions of Wikipedia plots that yeah. weirdos on the internet will write. One version is like the version that you should do when you're writing the plot yeah. of a movie, where you like go through the order of actual events that we see on screen. Yes. Right. The other version, which I guess is what we're getting here, is the person will like tell you. <laughs> like, basically their version of the story. Yeah. Like, in the order that they want, uh, which is stupid. But yeah, anyway. They'll,
1: they'll include uh, f- things, and they'll f- and they'll phrase things in a way that is just utterly psychotic at times. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, anyway, Charlie Feynman lost everything important in his life. Uh, five years have, have passed since Charlie's wife and daughters died. <clears throat> and now the one successful and sociable man has become a withdrawn shadow of his former self I will say they do a really good job of make of like getting you interested in what is going on with uh, Charlie Feynman I think like I remember the first like 20 minutes of this movie I was like oh I'm actually like pretty engaged with this mm-hmm. and then once I f- you realize that it's like uh, you know his, some type of a tragedy or something I, I i got a little less interested and then you find out that it's about like 9 11 and stuff and it's just i don't know but i will say like th- this first 20 minutes or so it, it had piqued my interest
1: yeah a bit. i love this because i'm, I'm kind of like. like hearing your journey in like when you lost interest so uh continue updating us and the listener like on the exact moment you feel like it happened. <laughs> sure. Because, like, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I I, mean, I think because the trailers gave away what the movie was about, I, um, uh, knew going in that he was, um, this was a 9-11 thing, but, um... So it's interesting that, you know, to hear that perspective of like, you know, 20 minutes in, you're going, okay, yeah, this guy's a little quirky, a little weird, a little reserved, you know, um, old friends trying to reconnect, you know, maybe he's not, maybe something happened or maybe he's just in a weird place in his life. I love that because then, because when you, yeah, when you find out what it is, it's definitely, it definitely elicits some sort of reaction. <laughs>
0: um. Let's see. Oh, and then like ba- I mean, this movie also does start with like basically a B story that happens throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. That I I gotta say is like I'm not into <laughs> really.
1: It's <laughs> well, like weird. Like describe I don't know it how for to the listener,
0: about like, it. It's like the, the Don Cheadle is like a dentist, uh-huh. or or like I I don't know what the term is, but he does like uh, some name type of specialty dentist. Oh. Yeah. Yes, his name is, his character's name is Brent Krentin. (laughs) (laughs) The fourth. And uh, basically, like, in the beginning of the movie, we see this, like, woman basically offering to, you know, perform a sexual act on him. Mm -hmm. It's very uncomfortable and very odd. Yeah. Uh, And... Then his assistant, like, screams at her and, like, embarrasses her. It's, like, a really weird uh, scenario where... I, I, I will say that that entire storyline uh, did nothing for me. Sure. I just thought it was, like, really dumb. Right. Right. <laughs> and maybe something that, like, wouldn't actually happen in real life.
1: Possibly not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, he does not discuss his loss. Charlie does not discuss his loss, uh, causing his in-laws to worry for his sanity, believing that he has struck the tragedy from his mind. When fate brings Charlie and his former college roommate Alan Johnson together once again on a Manhattan street corner, Alan is shocked to see just how far his old friend has fallen. Uh... What do you think of Sandler in the beginning of this movie? I think he I, I, I was kind of uh I think this is a pretty different performance from what we've seen totally. especially lately.
1: I think so too. I think it's I think it's and I also think it's different enough from Punch Drunk Love um as well. Which which I think was the big that would have been the other big dramatic role he did that everyone was comparing this to. In fact, there is actually a pretty good piece of trivia. I'm sorry, I not to go back, but Uh, where Javier Bardem, interestingly enough, was up for the the Don Cheadle role and couldn't do it. But he uh, suggested Mike Binder uh, cast Sandler based on Punch Drunk Love, Uh, which is weird. I'm like, how... I'm like, Javier Bardem, of all people? (laughs) Um, But yeah. So, I, I think that would have been what everyone was comparing this role to and sort of, like, you know, matching it up against. And I think it's a different enough, you know, Barry is a lot more of a, uh, a I don't know, but he's a different kind of socially awkward, right? Um, uh, uh, What do you think about the two performances up against each other? They're different. I mean, what do you think?
0: Um... Yeah, I think uh, Charlie, like the Charlie Feynman character is more um, it's he's like we he's we it's he's like tr- tortured like rocker guy. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Like there's this weird like rocker element to him, but he's also like just really uh qu- like quiet and mysterious, like maybe a little bit more mysterious, you know, like yeah. you have no idea what he's thinking.
1: Definitely, he has an interesting sort of like it's a almost like a weird variation of the little Nikki haircut, a little bit. Yes. Here, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I could see him in a band with Nikki.
1: Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> an all Sandler band, and like their manager <laughs> is the Sandler from Uncut Gems. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat>
0: Uh, Charlie's hair is long, and, and he wears a headset constantly to let music drown out any mentions well, of his wife and children. You know what? I kind of like the music in this movie. It ain't bad.
1: No, it's yeah, it's not bad. It's good. Just Sandler uh, just rocking out the whole time. Oh yeah.
0: Um. Though uh, I also did, by the way, after watching this movie, I I went through and I listened to the river. Gotcha. So. Uh, it's an album by uh, Bruce Springsteen that they mention in this. And I got to say, it's a double album, Jeremy. Mm. The thing's got, you know, the thing's two albums back in the old days. You buy this thing, you open it up. You're like, what the hell? There's two discs? Did they accidentally give me? Nope. They Bruce recorded two times as much as he needed to. And I got to say, Jeremy, that second disc, get rid of it. All the good <laughs> songs are on the first disc.
1: Gotcha. Hey, I'll take that note.
0: Uh, though on the surface It would appear that Alan A successful dentist has it all The pressures of a family and career Have been weighted heavily on him At a pivotal moment when Charlie and Alan Both need a trusted friend The restorative power of a rekindled friendship Provides a lifeline Needed to move forward You know I hope one day Jeremy this happens to us Like mm. we maybe we we Part ways for a long time For whatever reason
1: Right um, yeah
0: I, uh, except there's no tragedy happens to anyone and right we just kind of like meet up uh, later on there's no York.
1: there's no tragedy but when you when you see me again I'm still acting like this for some reason <laughs> and there's just no excuse <laughs> I'm just like yeah I like to like I have to act this way now I'm a weirdo now and you're like okay I guess and you and went I'm to dental dentist. yeah you went to dental school <laughs>
0: Alan endeavors to bring Charlie out of his shell by convincing him to see a therapist. Barely communicative. He ends every session after only a couple of minutes. Uh, His therapist says he needs to tell the story about his family to someone eventually. Charlie soon tells Alan his tragic story, but afterwards tries to commit suicide by cop (laughs) and ends up in a uh, psychiatric ward.
1: The term suicide by cop just read so monotone by you just now was (laughs) I don't know why that got me (laughs) he tries to commit suicide by cop
0: (laughs) I guess I didn't realize that that's what he was trying to do I was confused by that scene I didn't realize that he like wanted to there's easier never mind
1: totally (laughs) yeah it's a it, it is a strange um but I will say that it's like uh not not that I like it or like the the move but i i think that it's uh in keeping with a like inherent new yorker type of vibe or something you know like new york city cops is a it's it's kind of a new york staple it there's like a this film just wants to be like a new york thing so badly you know uh Anyway, I don't know what I don't even really know what I'm saying. It's just like it's just like it just felt at that moment. It's just like oh yeah, this is the, I could see the writer's uh, brain turning here, her brain working where he's like oh, oh yeah. maybe maybe we should get some the NYPD involved. Maybe later we'll get the New York Fire Department involved. You know what I mean? Just like all people who would have had some sort of stake in the 9/11 tragedy.
0: Um, let's see here, Charlie soon. Okay, uh, legal proceedings commence, and Judge David Rains must determine whether to commit Charlie to psychiatric care. He leaves the decision to Charlie's in-laws, asking them to think of what their daughter would want for him. Charlie approaches his in-laws in the lobby of the courthouse, stating that he does not carry pictures nor discuss the family because he sees them every day in the faces of people walking down the street. They decide that he should not be committed. Instead, Charlie moves to a new apartment, leaving behind the painful memories associated with his former home. Mm. Uh, At the end of the film, Alan visits Charlie for the day, and his wife calls and tells him, I love you and just want you to come home. The apartment's doorman brings out Charlie's scooter, Telling Alan not to leave stuff lying around, Uh, he tells the he tells the doorman to take take it back upstairs, but he does not respond. Not knowing what to do, Alan decides to ride home on the scooter. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, also like we we didn't this this entire plot failed to mention the B plot of that woman Saffron uh, Burroughs character. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's like trying to, you know, seduce Don Cheadle. Uh, Wait, it's his hurting his voice. marriage
1: too. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, uh, I think a big, uh, important part of the story is like, she is like this therapist that Don Cheadle has hooked Charlie up with. Basically makes a love connection between this crazy lady that is like coming on to her dentist. And this guy who is going through just an incredible uh, tragic loss.
1: Yeah. So it's like two kind of unhinged people belong (laughs) together is the rules of the movie.
0: (laughs) Therapists should not be playing matchmaker with their patients, I got to say.
1: Yeah. uh, If I've learned anything from my therapist, it's they should just really not care about what you're saying (laughs) and just sort of... Be doing like a Sudoku on the side <laughs> while you're talking. Wordle. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. This this Wikipedia entry, I will say too, like it didn't mention a lot of uh, other things, like specific scenes. Like it didn't talk about that kind of heavier breakdown scene. It doesn't mention the video game Shadow of the Colossus, which is kind of a an interesting part of the plot. You know. You know, Charlie, what's this? You know. Oh, it's this game where I gotta take down these big giants, make them fall. You know, like whatever. <laughs> uh it, Yeah, there is a lot kind of left out. It kind of just gives you the bones of the of the story. Um, anything that you remember from the movie that you liked or wanted to shout out as sort of a highlight? Again, like I I want to <laughs> shout out Sand- Sandler's sort of monologues. He has a couple monologues in this. I th- I think are not bad. Um, you know,
0: I like Sandler's monologue. I like his performance i like the the music i like the um i don't know I like the first thirty minutes of this movie, yeah, I'll say um, that I like the first thirty minutes You you set it up good and uh did not deliver on, uh, <laughs> what I was hoping for nearly enough yeah
1: i i i gotta agree with you there, pal.
0: Um. Well, Jeremy, let's get to the scores. You know, I gotta. Uh, I, I'm in the middle of remodeling my kitchen, so we should uh, <laughs> hurry this along and get to our uh, get to our scores. It's okay if well, every how, now
1: and then we have a little bit of a shorter one. You know, not the end of the world.
0: Not the end of the world. Uh, Jeremy, what? How many Chucky? Oh, I don't know. Freckles. Right. Would you give this movie?
1: I mean, look. Okay, here's the deal. <clears throat> I can't give it. L- I can't give it a one. I just can't. I'm sorry. Going overboard, Boxcar Bertha, and Spanglish were all worse movies than this. <laughs> so I'm giving it a 1.25. It is, it is a notch above the the kind of worst of the movies that we've covered. Um, it, it's in definitely. It's definitely in the same ballpark as the worst movies we've covered. But it it, it there is. <sighs> I, it uh, it has some things in in here that I like, and it's not like overtly offensive. That's one thing I'll say. I don't know. Maybe people who, you know, experienced the nine eleven tragedy close up close, or were you know, uh, you know, affected by it personally. It's um, a weird thing to say. I guess we all kind of were, but you know, you know what I mean. Like had family who. You know we're we're uh, victims of of it. I it might be offensive, but I do think it's like trying to be respectful to that. It's trying to be sort of a cathartic nine eleven story. Um. So yeah, I, I you know it deserves it, it isn't the worst movie we've covered for sure, but it but you know it's not it's not good by any any stretch. It's no click. Which is a 1.75 no, movie.
0: Wait, Click. When did we do Click? Okay, that was like two weeks ago. You thought it was last yeah, week you yeah. gave. I gave Click a 2.25, which I, I think I stand by, actually. I might even raise Click. Whoa. <laughs> Just because yeah. I hated this movie so much. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Click's getting a 2.5 <laughs> for me.
1: You know what? I hated this movie so much, too. I'm raising that <laughs> Airhead score two point yeah. seven five. You kidding me? <laughs> yeah. two, I went from a two point five yeah. to a two point seven five. You hear that, pizza party queen?
0: Um, let's see here. Rain over me. I will give this movie. Uh, <clears throat> I'm torn because I like I want this movie to be a better movie cuz I do think that the Sandler performance is cool like good and and uh it has a place in his you know in in the Sandler canon but this movie just sucks it's just not good uh it's stupid and uh I love this. I, for that I guess I'm going to have to give it a one I'll give it a 1.5 out of 4.
1: You're going to give also. it a higher score than I gave it?
0: <clears throat> yeah.
1: Damn, dude.
0: Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Eric loves Jeremy,
1: this
0: movie. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, Jeremy, next week we're going back to the Scorsese ball, the Scorsese, the Scorsese man, the Cesarino, and what is the next movie? I'm gonna Scorsese guess it is.
1: Um, I'm gonna guess it's Gangs of New York. Let's see. And here. I I just it was just a guess. And the film is Gangs of New York.
0: Gangs of New York. Yep. Yes.
1: Wow, man. I'm getting good. I'm getting good at guessing. This oh man, next week is a big week for us. For the listeners out there who may not know, next week starts our DiCaprio period of the Little Marty podcast. Um, suddenly DiCaprio is going to start showing up in just about every single movie every other week moving forward. In fact, I think Uh, there's only going to be a couple movies that he's not featured in for the rest of this series. Isn't that crazy?
0: Interesting. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm looking forward to it. I will say, Jeremy, did I not... Am am I wrong in saying that Scorsese had like um, detached himself from gangs of New York in some way? Like, didn't he like not get his the final cut or something? Is isn't there some whole backstory Ooh, behind that?
1: I don't know. That's a that's a really I, good question. I feel
0: like this is something that I read at some point. So this, we got some interesting trivia, some some research to do this week. Yes, that we'll uh, we'll find out more about yes. that next week. I love it interesting backstory but uh, Jeremy that uh, go to patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy if you want to hear two other guys who are even smarter and funnier talk about uh, movies by the Coen brothers er- pa- patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy five bucks a month you get a whole bunch of bonus episodes and Norma I'll see you in my dreams <laughs>